Coming up next, the bookening reads more mice and more men. Dusty the Booking Elf. Well, and in order for the podcast to start, you must identify yourselves first. Who's who was the fat so meant for? Nathan's not here. It was meant for you, sir. Oh, one of your kneecaps is fatter than Nathan's entire body. Now introduce your. How long are you going to be here, Dusty? The what are you, Dusty? The Dusty, the magical booketing elf. (sighs) Now introduce your your friend. We love you, listeners. Even though sometimes I, you might think we hate you. (laughs) It's a Nathan hates. uh, How do you know that Nathan hates a book? (laughs) New character. (laughs) Who is this Nathan you speak of? Are you talking about the handsome man that I have in my magical dungeon? Probably not. The very handsome, the handsome, handsomeness of which such men as you dream. What? Like you dream of being, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. For reference. It's, it's, you said your name was. Gilead episodes. And... Bronto? <laughs> yeah, Bronto. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the pastor mental over here. And now you must answer my, my riddles three. Or your friend will stay in the magical elf dungeon forever. I think I'm fine with that. <laughs> no, go ahead, please. Give us your riddles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this will be fun. What is Africa? <laughs> I know I missed the planes down there. Incorrect. <laughs> Darn. Looks like Nathan's going to have to stay in the dungeon. I shall give you another chance. Oh, such a nice forgiving elf. Who discovered electricity? Hmm. I'm going to have to say William Shakespeare. Hmm. Not Nathan when he thought up this character. <laughs> Nathan is currently in a dungeon if he is indeed the handsome man that you speak <laughs> of. Ah. You are speaking, sir, to Dusty, the magical booketing elf. Yes. Don't you see my little uh, leggings okay. <laughs> and uh, hat? My little German-looking hat. Yeah, are you related to Dobby? This will be the last riddle question. If you don't answer this correctly, Nathan will rot in Elf Dungeon, and the podcast cannot start. What is two plus two? 22. Yeah, that sounds right. No! (laughs) 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 That was amazing. Hey, guys. Hey. 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 I just got here. It's me, Nathan, the hum- your humble and obedient host. Who, who are you guys talking to? I was in some kind of elf dungeon, I think. There were these <laughs> little people. That's the only thing I can think to call it. There's these little people. They had me in a dungeon. It was it was intense. The dungeon was intense? Yeah, yeah. I was like on my dun- way here. The dungeon was a tent? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was sense. on my way here, and suddenly this guy appears in front of my eyes, calling himself Dusty, the 
magical booking elf. And he said I was I had to go to prison and you guys had to answer riddles to get me out. Oh. Oh. Yeah, well, we must have totally gotten those riddles right then to get you out. He also said that in elf logic, you have to get three riddles wrong. Oh. Ah. Well. (laughs) Aren't we smart? (laughs) Brendan, what can we know elf logic inside and out? (laughs) Glad I read all those elf logic books. Yeah, well, if you guys had answered those riddles correctly, then as you well know, I would have been stuck in elf prison forever so i want to uh, thank you for your solicitude duly noted and <laughs> hi everybody hey <laughs> welcome to the booking my name is nathan your humble and immediate host it's brandon over there fatso we call him that's right um, now. that's my nickname <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's jake mensel the pastor who's a master of reading of course we're discussing of mice and men a book that people read and enjoy unless they don't and what's that sound? Oh, it's the airplane going over. I feel like we should say if somebody's a new listener, not every episode begins with Dusty the Magical Booking Elf. True. That would be the first time Dusty the Magical Booking Elf has ever made an appearance. But he's sure to be a beloved standby in many, many other episodes of both this show and all fine Warhorn media and just all media in general, one would think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Guarantee you he will be... Probably be uh, a part of the MCU before you know it. Yeah. There will be a movie devoted to his origin stories. Let's, we can only hope. Okay, the plane went over, indicating baggage check, the part of the show where we discuss our baggage. We are reading of Mice and Men. Brandon, what baggage did you bring to this book? Not a whole lot of baggage to this book, Nathan. I think I probably talked about this when we did East of Eden. Steinbeck is one of my blind spots. I've never have been a huge American literature fan. Mm -hmm. I've read Moby Dick and I liked Twain. But I never really did get into American lit, especially early 20th century American lit like this, which is strange because Steinbeck has a lot of similarities to Dickens. He really does. And um, I I loved Dickens, but I read Of Mice and Men in high school. I liked it just fine. I read Of Grapes and Wrath as well in high school. liked it just fine as well, but it never led me to read anything more by Steinbeck. So I guess... Did you just call it Of Grapes and Wrath? I probably did. Of Grapes and Wrath. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Of Grapes and Wrath. Of Grapes and Wrath. Thank you for catching that. (laughs) Of course I mean Grapes of Wrath. (laughs) I was about to say Grapes and Wrath. Grapes and Wrath. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, my brain oozed out of my ears by Mm -hmm. now. East of Eden, I suppose it's worth saying for new listeners. You're you're a fan of that book, right? Oh, I loved that. So, yeah, I was going to get there. And then the booking reintroduced me to Steinbeck and made me at least fall in love with East of Eden. I loved that book. That's a great book. And I still think that it's the best. I mean, East of Eden is by far much better than this book and much, much better than Grapes of Wrath. Yes. I think that book kind of soured me on Steinbeck because I had to read a chapter about a random turtle and stuff like that. And it was fine. But in the end, I had better things to read was my conclusion at the time with Steinbeck. But East of Eden proved me wrong. I think it was his, but that was kind of like his uh, lightning in a bottle book. Everything that he could do really well in that book. Jake, your baggage? My baggage would include about 5,000 Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yep. I will love him and hug him and pet him and call him George. Yep. Which way did he go, George? Which oh, way yeah. did he go? Yeah. Forgot all about him. I don't think he would call him George. I think he called him, he will be my bunny and I will, or no, I will call him, maybe he would call him George sometimes. I mean, it depends on if we're talking about the abominable snowman or if we're talking about 
I just have the line, words. and I will call him George in my head from Looney Tunes. And I will call him George. Yeah. Like the giant, right? It's, yeah, there's always a giant or an abominable snowman that plays the part of Lenny. But there's often, you get Lenny and George together. Right. And I don't then, remember George from Doug's Bunny cartoons. There's always a Lenny and George type in various different, in various cartoons. Does it ever end with? Yeah. Like Lenny he's going to get the bunny and he's he's going to get bugs and he's going to pet him and pat him and squeeze him. And usually it ends up with Daffy wearing bunny ears and being the one getting pet and squished. It never never end, but it never ends with Lenny getting shot. Never ends bugs. with Lenny getting shot. No. that George will, will smack Lenny okay. across the face and stuff like that will happen. Yeah. But yeah bunch of that that's part of my baggage i think i think it's part of the baggage that we all bring but yep we're saying out loud absolutely i had forgotten until right now so thank you jake that was helpful you're welcome i'm just a helpful guy now i want to go watch it we could probably pull up some fun clips probably nathan could stick some fun clips into the podcast for our listeners yeah Yeah, just watch me gee george you're real smart aren't you george yeah yeah real smart george you didn't get me a mouse again. You hold the sack, George, and I'll get my very own mouse, George. Oh, boy. My own little robot for my very own to pinch and mesh and love. Pet him and squeeze him and rub him and stroke his bill and rub his pretty feathers and... Hey, wait a minute. Bunny rabbits don't have feathers and bills. Shame on you, George. Ta-da. <laughs> that was great. You the magic ma- of post-production. <laughs> Who needs a magical elf when you have Nathan? Yeah. <laughs> maybe right. I am the magical elf. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Nudge. <laughs> so there's that. I read this book, this novella. I think it's one of the the novels back when I was commuting to paint in Indianapolis that my wife got for me to listen to. I think I listened to it back then, or maybe I read it. I don't know. But you definitely had actually. I had definitely read read the actual novel novella before this reading. I had the first time, I think I just thought it was fun to learn where all of those stereotypes, those tropes and things came from, you know, the big bumbling doofus and the short little scrappy guy who takes care of him and, so yeah, that was the baggage I brought to this read as well, plus a recently acquired love or predisposition to love Steinbeck because of the booking making me read East of Eden. Fair to say that's one of the top two or three books we've ever read. Certainly yeah, among our listeners. Certainly in the top five. In terms of listener feedback, I don't think there's oh, ever yeah. been a book that people have thanked me more. I've, I still, to this day, have people thank me for having them read that book, so... Yeah, it's certainly I, I would say more so than things I might even like better, like Tolstoy. East Eden is the book that people really tend to connect with that talk to us about stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's the people's book. It's the people's book. It's certainly the book that made me cry the most mm-hmm. of any book that we've ever read. Hmm. Yeah, true. It might be Wrinkle in Time for me. <laughs> <laughs> Different sort of tears. Yes. Have you read Grapes of Wrath or anything else? I I've seen the Henry Fonda movie. It's one of those. That's one of those books that you were required to read in high school. Therefore, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, my baggage is you. I was retired. You were required to read it in high school. Therefore, I did because I was a, a good, good boy, little boy, good little boy, and I liked it as far like as it dork. went. Was that nothing? What did Jake just call me? A nerd? Dork? Oh, a dork. Yeah, doing the right thing <laughs> is a dork, Pastor. Is makes you dorky. <laughs> you heard it from Pastor Mensel. Don't obey authority. Resist, kids. <laughs> Do only right kids. Yeah. Be a dork. Do only right kids. 
<laughs> That's what you mean, Jake. I was a big dork. Oh, yes, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, I read Grapes of Wrath. I remember liking it. Some of those interstitial chapters are deadly. There's the one, as Brandon mentions, about the turtle that's crossing the road. And I don't remember what happens. Does somebody hit the turtle or does the turtle make it? Or is it a symbol for like how humanity is creeping towards something? something? Yeah, it's one of those. Like the horse yeah. in Anacrenina, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Tolstoy <laughs> doesn't suck. So, <laughs> I mean, Tolstoy can do stuff like that. He doesn't just stop and give us a whole chapter on a horse. Yeah, as I recall, isn't every every other chapter... Instead, he gives us whole chapters on Russian politics, which is way better. Yeah, it is, actually, because it's easily skippable, and he's not Uh trying to... I feel a reprise of the old debate coming. (laughs) Wait, what's the old debate? Nobody likes Russian politics. Yeah, no, this is just flashbacks to... Brennan, have you dropped acid? (laughs) I have. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This will be a great episode. (laughs) Flashbacks. You still, yeah. Brandon in the wild 60s. You still look like an elf to me, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) This whole thing, the the whole beginning was actually just in Brandon's head, if anyone was wondering. Every other chapter, I mean, Tolstoy, Tolstoy is just a genius. He's a bigger genius than Steinbeck. I submit to you that even when Tolstoy is being boring, he's being boring at a genius level. Steinbeck, meh, not so much. When Steinbeck's being boring, he's just being boring. Mm. And Steinbeck's like, look at me. Look at how whatever I am, which works in East of Eden. East of Eden is the exception that proves the rule. East of Eden's a wonderful book. I love East of Eden. I liked Grapes of Wrath. I remember being a little annoyed that it was, again, just kind of look at me, the, the, the social conscious conscience of it, the whole, I'm going to fight for the people, Ma. And everywhere there's a drought, downtrodden person, I'll be there. And everywhere that a man looks back at his employee, uh, that, that kind of stuff doesn't really do it for me. So I sort of didn't like Steinbeck, but also the book did suck me in and I like it kind of in spite of myself. But then I read East of Eden as is well documented on in Bookening lore. Really liked it. Loved it. It is probably the book, as Jake mentioned, that has cumulatively made me cry the most or even just taking any one incidence of reading it has made me cry more than any other book. It's a fantastic book. I recommend that if you are a father, a son, or a woman that is related to a father and or son, you should read it. Of Mice and Men, I had never read, but I knew the whole story. And that's that's big baggage, I want to say. That is some important baggage because I knew what was going to happen. And Brandon has either, I'm sure you've probably said this on Mike Brandon before, you like to talk about how you, you'll sometimes intentionally spoil things for yourself, sir. Yes, I will. You'll read a movie synopsis before you watch it or I will. see how the book ends so that you can just enjoy the, the process and kind of enjoy watching how just the- Just go for the ride, man. Go for the ride. Well, in certain cases, that works very well. In this case, it may not have worked so well. So I want to be sure that everyone is aware of my baggage because I was well aware of absolutely everything that was going to happen in this book and who the characters were. And how it was going to end. And I think that that really affected my enjoyment. Yes. In this particular case, I'm sorry that, well, we'll talk about it. So, what do you guys think about Of Mice and Men? Jake, your thoughts? It was a fine little read. And I think it's fun to go back and see where, what have become stock characters, where they originated. So, it was fun and kind of a, you, you put on your literary investigator hat, your little Sherlock Holmes hat, and your magnifying glass, and you you kind of discovered, oh, that's these are where these tropes came from. It was fun, like on a more meta level, but did it actually, in addition to that, work as like a narrative that you were sucked into or, or not so much? Honest question. It was fine. 
I didn't have a problem with it. I wasn't like, I didn't love it. I wasn't excited about it. Like One sitting? Two sittings? Probably one sitting. But I don't know. He created some interesting characters that were fun. And it's hard to evaluate something when you know, I don't know, when you know every beat and how it's going to play. Yeah, it's so. like listening to Sergeant Peppers for the 4,000th time or, or, or I don't know what. Yeah, it's sort of like that where... Listen to this blues music, Nathan. It's really influential. Oh, well, every rock song that I've ever listened to uses this. Am I supposed to be excited about this? Right. And so it's, you, yeah. it's like one of those books or things that you can't you can't ever read it for the first time. You can't really put yourself in the mindset of somebody. No, it's just impossible to do that sort of thing with a book like this. And I think that that presents a challenge to any modern reader who's pro- approaching it. Probably, I don't know. Well, that's it. Certainly did for me. I mean, I'll just, I'll just admit, I thought it was fine. I thought it was well crafted. I think Steinbeck's a good writer. I actually like Steinbeck's writing, just to, stylistically speaking, better here than in East of Eden, for instance. It seems much more controlled, although there is some weird stuff in there, just some places where that feels slightly self indulgent or something like that. But I like his style. But knowing what was going to happen made it all feel so mechanical to me. And I don't, I'm not claiming it's a bad book. I'm just saying. My relative subjective personal experience was all I could do was watch the mechanic, watch watch the gears of the plot turn. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, here's the woman. She sure is bad. I wonder what she's going to do. I wonder what's going to happen to her. I wonder what Curly's going to do. And so it all just it ended up actually feeling like a bad book. It felt contrived to me, actually. But I don't think that's really necessarily the book's fault. I think it was just I knew where, I knew exactly where it was going kind of like i don't know if anybody's ever watched a movie where they've had the ending spoiled for them or they've figured it out and so they just watch okay now that's falling into place now this thing's falling into place and it doesn't seem to be arising at all organically out of the characters or the situation it seems to more just be the author putting pieces into place putting putting another puzzle to get us to that point so that's my that's the overview of how i felt about it brandon how did i feel about it how did you feel about it my friend um well i read it in a couple sittings I liked the first part. I, I was on board. I thought the relationship between George and Lenny was good. His ability to describe landscapes, I like, mm. and setting. He's really good at that. Yeah, he is. So I could, I imagine really good Salinas. At, least at describing the Salinas Valley. Yeah. And so you feel like, I, I felt like I was back in a place I remembered because of East of Eden. Sure. I liked mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that was nice. Um, And then you started to get some of the stock characters like Jake was talking about and I don't know. They did feel a bit contrived. So you had Candy with the dog, and and but when you get the woman appear on, is it what's the man's name? Carlson, mm-hmm. not Carlson. Which one? The the mean guy. Curly. Curly. Yeah. Curly's wife shows up. Does she ever have a name other than just Curly's wife? I think she is just Curly's wife. I could be wrong yeah. about that. She shows up, and then also Crook. The the what? The, yeah. <laughs> the black guy. The black guy. There we go. <laughs> I think we can say that. Say so what? The black guy. Yeah. The black character, yes. They all seemed really contrived, mm-hmm. like very one or two dimensional at best. Jake was shocked that I said that. Yeah, he dropped his phone. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You racist? You called the black man one dimensional? Yeah. You calling a woman one dimensional? So, but then you start getting George talking about the land, and then you also get the dog who shot, and it's like, you know, a sacrifice of the old thing that nobody wants around anymore, and then... It's a vision of the land, and so it all comes through these pictures that he's building, and you have then the snake at the end that shows up, and you realize, I mean, this is heavy-handed parable or fable-making as well. Mm. Yeah. And it's fine. It's fine, but as a story, 
and it's a story. It has a it has an emotional impact, sure. But I guess maybe this sort of heavy handed allegory, whatever you want to call it, doesn't necessarily do it for me. And so I thought the book's fine. I liked the book. I understand why it would have been groundbreaking when it first came out, because mm-hmm. not many people were doing this. But in the end, it could just be because the tropes are really tri- tired now. They are. Maybe I'm just jaded, but it didn't quite have the impact. And I don't think it did for the first time I read it either, that I imagine it could have had for someone in the 1930s. I'm sure it was very powerful then. I yeah. Don't. Is there's a reason why Warner Brothers and everybody... Well, if they're going to make yeah, a Bugs d- Bunny cartoon, it must have just been ubiquitous at the exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and he builds on so he builds on these metaphors and ideas that are really powerful for the American imagination. The Drifter, right? Especially, and the in the in this desire for land and the seductive woman that are the dangerous. Um, so you have this sort of figure. Well, Steinbeck has it, but also, I mean, just think how many. For some reason, I'm thinking of uh, Roger Rabbit right now, mm. but. <laughs> <laughs> That sort of that woman. great American yeah, yeah, classic yeah. of the... <laughs> I don't know why. That's the only our, thing I can think of right now. Our American imagination. Uh, but it's all over. Even Indiana Jones has that sort of thing as well. And so these really do become standards of American storytelling. Mm-hmm. And a lot of American storytelling really is this attempt to tell a, a story that has these overtones of allegory or fable to it as well. Right. Uh, I mean, fable's not the right word. It has nothing to do with animals except the dog. I mean, I guess arguably maybe Lenny. Right. But it's a... You use the word fable because it's what? It's, it's like a it's parable. simplistic, yeah, it's archetypical. It's, yeah, and so he does deal a lot with these archetypes. I think in East of Eden, he does it a lot better because there he manages in an interesting way to mix the elements of parable and allegory with realist literature. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. He does something that's like, like I said, that's his lightning in a bottle book. Right. Here, it's really, it, really, it is really heavy handed. Mm-hmm. And either you like that sort of thing or you don't. And this to me, doesn't offer me that much. I don't think what it's trying to tell me, I find all that interesting. Well, I like this. Or stuff even that the I... questions that it raises, I don't find that interesting. What questions does it raise? It, uh... Well, they're not as good to shoot someone. Oh, uh, ask me if I ever have to shoot someone. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's, if you look at any like spark notes questions or those things that you like to read to us sometimes, those questions. Oh, like the schmoop.com. Kind yeah, of. That, those sorts yeah. of, they're going to ask you that. Like, what is what, what does this book have to say about Death and euthanasia and all those things, sorts of things. And, oh, who cares? I mean, you know what it has to say about it. It has to say that sometimes a man's got to shoot another man. To save him from a fate that's worse. Yeah. So. Yeah, I liked the parts that I that felt less heavy-handed. I liked Candy. He felt real to me. Yeah. He felt dimensional and kind of unexpected. And the When dog... he turned towards the wall when the doll was, dog was shot, that was a powerful moment. That was really good. And the way that he got really interested really fast and, and wanted to be a part of their hunt for this land was willing to give up his money. Yeah, there was definitely a touch. And I'm not saying that all allegory is bad or unuseful. I mean, I like Pilgrim's Progress just fine. I don't. Oh. I don't generally like allegory, well, at least when it presents itself I'll as let allegory. Tim say that. Was it, well, Tim, if you're listening, I don't like allegory. Mr. Worldly Wise Man, please give me a break. Just don't care for it. I mean, I think as far as being a useful teaching tool, allegory is fine. Oh, sure. I mean, I can't argue with that because our Lord and Savior used it, so. Yeah. And so Bunyan for children is like the, what is that one rewriting of A Pilgrim's Progress, Jake? Dangerous Journey. Dangerous Journey. Like that's that's a good book to read to kids. Mm-hmm. Kids like that story. I mean, but I, I, I feel that it's really simplistic if all you want out of literature is just allegory. If you just want literature to be a one-to-one relationship between a story and some sort of abstract thought you like to think about. Then you don't understand life. Yeah. 
And that's kind of what this book feels like. It gets out of that at moments, for sure. But everybody's some sort of stock character. I hated the wife specifically for that reason. I thought, I'm just going to say it. I thought it felt like a sexist, misogynist trope to me. I don't felt, like, yeah. oh, like, the evil woman that ruins everything. Come on, Steinbeck. You can do better than that. Felt like Steinbeck's way to process his own mis- deep mistrust of women. Yeah. <laughs> her and what's her face from East of Eden. Probably every time he cheated on his wife, it was the tempting woman's fault or his wife's fault or something. But yeah. I mean, I know we're dealing in archetypes and it's all, it's supposed to be simplistic, but I still, I've, I've been conservative enough on this podcast. I, I can be mm-hmm. progressive on this one little point. I thought the woman character was poorly done. And, and I guess in the, in the scheme of this, the allegory, she would be the devil, right? She's the tempter. Yeah. Or Eve slash the devil. But she's so pure evil but, and she's like. Yeah. Is it Kathy? Is that her name from yeah, East of yeah. Eden? Yeah, Kathy Steinbeck is, really doesn't have an ability to write women characters very well, does he? Well, I said that Abra. to Jake the other day, and he so said, Abra. Yeah. And I said, she had a full womanly figure, which is what I, how I remember Abra being described once she... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> I think <laughs> you're just making it up. Abra was a great. point. Well, when you don't read it in that voice, it also helps, but <laughs> I don't know. Abra was pretty good. She felt a little bit like a... A fantasy character too, though. I don't know. Maybe I'm overly sensitive to. Maybe I'm. Maybe I just care about women too much, guys. I think that's definitely what it is, Nathan. Or you're just a progressive tool. Maybe I'm just a progressive tool. But you guys are conservative tools. If you want to defend this Jezebel character. Oh wait, defend what type of character? This Jezebel. Oh, because Jezebels aren't real. <laughs> There's no precedent for them anywhere, <laughs> like in the Bible. <laughs> Yeah, but that Jezebel's a good character in the Bible. A, she's real, but B, you know. Just nobody else is like that. She marries Nabob, and she comes and she comforts him, and she gets eaten by dogs. No, I admit that there's great evil in the world. I admit that some people are two-dimensionally evil, even. I didn't mind Kathy in East of Eden just being a psychotically evil character. I think there's a way to do that. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. Why does why do I like Kathy? Tell tell me why even 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 if it's insulting to me, tell me why do I think Kathy's a good character and I think this character is dumb. I just thought of it. I'll tell you why. It's because this character feels lazy. I think maybe I think you actually probably had something else which you could say in a second if you want. But this character feels like a lazy shortcut to get to a plot point. Kathy, yeah, the, say. the entire yeah. point of Kathy is what would happen if there was somebody this evil or is there someone like the entire point is let's ask the question of what evil looks like. Yeah. I was going to word it as she's not as well drawn. Right. I I was just going to say that she, the, she's just the plot point. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you could argue everybody's a plot point, but there's some specificity to George and to Lenny. I thought the book did a good job of not completely being sentimental about Lenny. Like he is actually pretty obnoxious and you can understand why George would lose his temper. And, and dangerous. And dangerous. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I thought maybe it was cheating a little bit to go out of our way to show that he's completely innocent in all his dealings with ladies. Or were we supposed to accept that he actually was? Were we supposed to read between the lines there a little no, bit? I think we were supposed to accept that he was pretty innocent, but I thought I didn't think that was going out of its way. I think just a little bit, maybe stacking the deck. I don't know. Well, if you'd have ever like met or talked or worked with anybody who's autistic, who's obsessed with texture and touch. That's true. Then I actually don't think it's a reach at all. I think there are lots of people like that, actually. I mean, not that there's not a perverse element, but 
you know, you get on one track and I, I think there are people who get on one track and mm-hmm. obsession with certain textures is a real, real thing for people, for certain types of people on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I think absolutely, I, Lenny's obsession with soft things is consistent throughout the... Yeah, that's true. You're right. You, you win. I lose this one. Jake's right. We won square and fair last time. What was that? Square and fair. Catcher and... Wow. Yeah, you did win. I won fair and square. You guys won fair and square. Or square and square and fair. Square and fair. You guys like were switch squares. things up. Too square to like catcher in the rye. Uh, stroke. <laughs> what? You want me to have a stroke? No, I said maybe I'm having a stroke. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you smell burning toast? No. Okay. You're definitely not having a stroke okay. or no one's making toast. Um, I don't know, guys. What else is there to say about this book? It doesn't seem like there is that much There's to say about this book. There's not a lot to say about the book. There is not a whole lot to say. I don't know, guys. Should we talk about the symbols and the nope. theme? No. You mean like the theme of paradise and all that? No. I mean... If we were a good literature podcast, that's what we'd do. You mean if we were an obvious literature podcast, that's what we'd do. Yeah, but we're not. Yeah. All right, guys. We're out of things to say about this thing already, but so I think what I'll do is my old reliable standby. I will ask us questions from schmoop.com, our favorite literary website. I'm so glad that Schmoop exists. Schmoop, if you want somebody to buy any stake in your company, let me know. I'm sure they listen to this. I'm sure they listen to this. Oh, come on. Schmoop. No questions to ask? No, but they have these pop-ups that make it hard to use my phone. (laughs) All right, guys. Schmoop.com wasn't working, so I went to another one. Uh-huh. readinggroupguides.com I'm gonna we're gonna have a contest we'll see who how many points you guys get Jake yeah. why does George take so much trouble for another guy <laughs> quote unquote um because he wants to I don't know but the answer is on page 21 you get uh, a point wait wait oh. I'm turning to page, <laughs> page 21 because they're all the same <laughs> in amazing. every uh, uh I ain't so sure, said George skeptically. What did you say he quit for? I guess that's the answer. There's the answer. There you go. <laughs> Brandon, why does George shoot Lenny? What page is it on? It doesn't say. Oh, it only bad. had that first one. Oh, because he was a nuisance and he strangled that girl with like one. It's like Thanos. But sure. if Thanos had. <laughs> strangled one girl. A, a mental, was mentally disabled. <laughs> Thanos was a mentally disabled yeah. human being that strangled. I am strangled. inevitable. <laughs> I am. Anyways, there you go. All right. Jake, or you guys both have a point. Jake, why is the dream. You got a point for that? No, actually, Brandon, you don't have a point. No, he, he killed him to spare him the pain of being killed by. Oh. There you go. Jake Curly. gets two points. What? Jake, why is the dream recited repeatedly? Why is the dream recited repeatedly? The dream no recited. Sense. What? Oh, the dream of the, bu- the the bunny farm. I don't know. They read books. You can't expect them to write good questions about the books. <laughs> uh, it's it's because it's just George's way of pacifying Lenny. That's why he, you know, we're gonna go to the happy. Lenny wants it repeated and. We're going to go to the happy place. And also Steinbeck needed a really sweet setup for uh, how George would put Lenny to sleep in the end. There you go. Jake. Million dollar baby. Oh, boo. So Jake has three points. Brandon, what does Slim mean when he says a guy got to sometimes? Page 102. A guy got to sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the precursor to Jeff Goldblum saying, well, when you got to go, you got to go. Yep. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Brennan, you now have negative one point. <laughs> uh, Jake, 
Why does the book begin and end at the pond? Poetry, symmetry. It's. Uh, I believe the word is chiasmus. <laughs> Brandon now has negative two points. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Just for saying chiasmus. Uh, <laughs> why does Katie feel he should have shot his dog himself, Brandon? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So that I don't know how he would have done it. Because learned a lesson and shoot Lenny himself later. You guys both lose a point. <laughs> is Curly's wife to blame for Lenny's death? Sure. Why not? <laughs> 500 points to Jake. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> why doesn't aren't women the cause of all problems? Yep. Why doesn't Slim share in the other man men's dreams? What? Why does this is not the Matrix? No, this is question. Yeah. Okay. Inception. <laughs> why does Carlson get the last word? There is a question. Brandon was asking this question before we started. Oh yeah, is the last line bad? And I, I, I um submit. That it is. Read us the last line, please. Brandon, just to be clear, Brandon's answer for why Carlson gets the last word is because Steinbeck was being dumb at the end of this book. Slim twitched George's elbow. Come on, George. Me and you'll go in and get a drink. George let himself be helped to his feet. Yeah, a drink. Slim said you had it, George. I swear you had it. Come on with me. He led George into the entrance of the trail and up toward the highway. Curly and Carlson looked after them, and Carlson said, now, what the hell you suppose is eating them two guys? And you say that's a bad line. Why? Well, he says it to Curly, and they're looking for the guy who just murdered his wife. Why is that the response they have? Carlson said it to Curly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's weird. Gee, he just shot his friend in the head. What do you suppose is eating him up? Yeah, it's just a... Oh, yeah, that's it's an attempt. It's an attempt at being a Flannery O'Connor-like ending of providing some distance and... like From the, a character that actually would not feel that distance. And, yeah. So, like, at the end of Judgment Day, it suddenly backs away and tells you that the daughter just moved on with her life. Right. But, and that's that's good. Ironic distance, I guess, as good as it gets. But I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan of ironic distance, but this is just bad ironic distance. All right, Brandon, I guess your answer that because Steinbeck sucks or whatever is right. Good. Uh, Jake, what is the meaning of the book's title? Uh, isn't it a line from a poem? Yep. Jake gets well another done. point. Can you, can you name the poet? <laughs> the face you just made makes me wonder if you can read, if you can remember the poet, Brandon. I can, I can name the poet because a certain Brandon Chastain told us last time. Yeah, but <laughs> the stroke I'm having just washed it from my memory. Wait, can you really not name him? No, I mean. Does his well, name rhyme with Gobert Gerns? Yes, Burns, that's right. All right, for further reflection, there's two questions for further reflection oh, here. Oh, yes. Brandon, oh. did migrant workers have any options for a better life? In the book? Or like historically. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, according to this book and according to the stock black character, no. All right. They're all fools for expecting it. And he's lonely and apparently reads the California legal code. Wasn't that the book he had in his yep. clean? And a few girly mags. Jake, I did about that. George do the right thing by shooting Lenny? No. But Curly would have killed him. And then Lenny's blood would have been on Curly's head. Yeah, not on... George's eye for an eye. I believe, it, I believe in the justice system. That was the justice system. He just nope. He was he was acting as a deputy of the justice system. Well, do you think Steinbeck thought he should have done it? I don't know, Jake. Do you think Steinbeck should have thought that Lenny should have done it? Oh, I think Steinbeck was just asking the question. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Well, what was his answer? His answer is yeah, he did the right thing. All right, here's a story. A good friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours. Shot their friend in the head. Shot their friend in the head <laughs> oh after he God. strangled the lady in a barn. 
Well, that's interesting. <laughs> it was Jake. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, Are you going to have to shoot Jake now? No, no, no. I shot Nathan. Yep, oh, in yeah. the back of the head. Where do you think Dusty the Elf came from? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. I need a pulling thread. So. Spear Danes and days gone by had courage and greatness. <sighs> All right, guys. I guess we'll just do a really long donor shout outs. Because. Oh. I don't well, know. We what... skipped donor shoutouts last time, so we yeah. So we oh, do... so we can do it twice. Oh, <laughs> is that what we get to do? <laughs> That'll do be you, great. Do your best, Lenny voice. Yeah, yeah. This might be insulting to somebody. John Steinbeck, our listeners. Somebody with which we do. I was looking up uh, references to Georgian, like between Mary Melody's Looney Tunes. So many, just between the two of them. So many George and Lenny. Yeah, three dollars. Mostly, which way did he go, George? Which way did he go? But the one that you were referencing, I'll name him George, and I will hug him and pet him and squeeze him. It's the abominable snow rabbit. Yep, I, that's the one I remember. Yeah, and that's the one where I think Daffy ends up with the bunny ears. and That's like one of the more... Common, per- like you're going to see that one all the time. Yeah, it's like what's opera doc, or there's like a handful of the Looney Tunes that always used to be in heavy rotation. Do kids these days know the Looney Tunes? Or are they like still... A, I mean, I, I know really they know, know who they are. Not really. Like, My, mine don't. Your kids couldn't pick Porky Pig out of a lineup? I have my doubts. Surely they and know they who wouldn't Bugs get Bunny the doubts is. All folk, yeah, they know who Bugs is. I think. I mean, like when I was a kid, I'd, I've probably seen like one or two Mickey well, look, Mouse cartoons, look, look. and one of them would be The Sorcerer's Apprentice. But I still know who Mickey and Goofy and all those guys are. Yeah, but yeah, well, they know more of Mickey, but that's because Mickey's still got an active Disney show. We live in the in the world of streaming and on demand, and the Looney Tunes, those Mary Melody stuff, they're not around they should be i mean those are classic things they're not warner brothers has been really dumb i don't want that to disappear from culture i don't i don't want my kids to grow up without looney tunes i mean it's such a reference have to make an effort and that's the i I don't want to make an effort though Uh, that's that's why that's going to disappear unless warner brothers does something it should just be passed on by osmosis i mean it's one of those things but but you can't you you know warner brothers licensed all their stuff so it was playing all the time when we were kids even though those cartoons were literally 50 60 years old right when we were watching them i mean like no it's you don't turn on and watch saturday morning cartoons and get the same stuff you it's streaming it's on demand and and those things aren't easily findable accessible i've never seen them in my face that's dumb that's like part of our cultural heritage i'm not even kidding space jam will keep them alive that's even dumber. Welcome to the Space Jam. Space Jam 2 is coming back. So. All right. There you go. Coming so soon. your kids will know who Looney Tunes are. Because of Space Jam 2, but they won't get any of the references in that film. Well, maybe the... That's all, folks. I don't think they'd get it. What's up, Doc? Weird. Sad. That is sad. All right. Speaking of weird and sad, that's not a good transition into <laughs> donor shoutouts. <laughs> that's fine. No, we love, our, we love our donors very much. Some and of them. If they give enough money, we shout them out. Right, Brandon? Sure. All right. So, what are we gonna do, Jake? Call it. What do you want? It, what do you want us to do? What special, fun gimmick should we do this time? You're 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 usually the gimmick <laughs> hater, but today you're the gimmick creator. Ah, uh, put a little the, cree the, into the hater. Yep. The, the last time, take out the H. Yep. We put the hater in Cree hater, and we took out the H. <laughs> and that has been a valuable use of your time with Brandon Chastine. <laughs> Go get a haircut. 
my hair is pretty crazy right I think now. It's growing into your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to get one last weekend, but life took over. Why do you get your hair cut? What? Where do you get your hair cut? My wife. Oh. <laughs> so life meaning that our life got busy. All right, Jake, call it. Our donors deserve a good shout out. What do you want us to do? Um Sorry, I'm just going to say as normal as possible. All right, Brandon. Yeah. As normal as possible. All right, I got this, Nathan. I can be normal. I can be cool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Robert and Rhonda, the lovebirds. And Robert and Rhonda, the lovebirds. Very normal. Chelsea, the immortal Chelsea C. The immortal, the immortal Chelsea C. The immortal. The immortal. Hey, hey, Chelsea. How's it being immortal? less and less normal <laughs> how's, as how's, you go. How's it being immortal over there? Huh? You know, yeah, you kind of have to define normal because normal for us all, is to do some goofy shtick. So. Yeah, you're being all immortal over there That's trying to make right. us feel bad. Immortal Chelsea. Just do whatever you want to do and call it normal then. <laughs> oh, well, fine. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, Nathan, 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 not famous. No, I'm juggling. Balancing on a beach ball. Oh no, it popped. Because I'm fat. So what, Brandon? You're not really fat. So. Oh, thank you. I will make you. I hereby declare you Larjo. Thank you. Moderately fatso. Moderately <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Morbidly fatso. <laughs> Morbidly Easy. <laughs> Who was it? Nathan, not uh, Nathan. Yeah, Nathan, Nathan, not me. Nathan, not Nathan. Nathan, not you. That's right. Nathan, not you. All right, Jake, show us how normal is done with, I won't even say they're fake names. I'll just give it to you absolutely straight. Jim and Annie. Jim and Annie. Jimmy Beam and little Annie Oakley. Jake thinks he's being normal, but... Uh-huh. Jimmy Beam and little Annie Oakley. <laughs> Lily of the Valley, Brandon. Lily of the Valley, Nathan. Lily of the Valley, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew and Esther, the so love, normal. the lovebirds. Oh, for me? Yes, yes, sir. Andrew and Esther, the lovebirds. The very normal and scrutable Jenny Z. The very normal and scrutable Jenny Z. Jenny Z, hey, Jenny Z. The Keith Master like with the key it, uh, that opens Jenny, into something normal. Jenny from the block. Jenny from the block. What's that? Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, Jenny from the block. Hey, Jenny. Jenny Z. Jenny from Block Z. Hey, Jenny from Block Z. <laughs> the Keith Master. Yes. John and Jill and little normal baby Max. John and Jill and little normal baby Max. Normal Jill. Little normal baby. Marvin the Martian. Oh, Marvin the Martian. How do you do? Can you do Marvin the Martian? I don't remember how he talks. Mm. Is it like this kind of a thing? <laughs> Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Rosebloom. Yeah. Uh, show up. Jay and Katie, who are cold and love cheese. Today in title, there was a guy named Waymond. Jay and Katie, who are cold and love cheese. Waymond? Waymond. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody loves Waymond. Everybody <laughs> That's loves Waymond. Thinking, yeah. uh, my beloved mother, Beth. Nathan's beloved mother, Beth. Very normal lady. Very normal lady. Adam. Driver. Adam. 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 I don't remember whether Adam's... I think we've introduced Adam before. I don't know what name I gave you, Adam. You're just Adam today. Have Adam. Have Adam. We'll call him Have Adam. No, you're not going to be stuck with that, but this week you're Have Adam. Emily. Emily. E-M-I-L-Y, Emily, Jake. E-O-E-M-I-L-Y. I, I just did Adam. Oh, did you? You ain't got E M I L Y. E E M I L Y. Emily. 
Emily. She's our man. The would here. I know what we'll do. This will be fun. We're already halfway through this. <laughs> the fight between the dark hooded Lord of Death and the woe bedraggled Wizard of Yore. I'm oh, just going to give you their title, and then you you say their name based on the title. The woe bedraggled Wizard of Death, Jake. <laughs> That's not a title of anybody. That is. That's not your. Oh, I'm so sorry. The woe bedraggled Wizard of Yore. Fletcher. That's yeah, absolutely nicely right. Nicely done. Nicely done. The artful something. Right? Anthony Dodger. <laughs> They're right. Uh, the Dark Hooded Lord of Death, of course. Jeremy. Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. The woman that is incandescent, Brandon. Anna. No. Oh. She, she wants to pony up 10 bucks. We'll call it, say she's incandescent. Meredith. That's right. Jumpin' Judo. From Chicago. Yeah. Jenny and Rockin' Ryan. Nope. Jenny from the block. Jo- Jumpin' Judo. Joanna. Joanna. Oh, sorry, Joanna. Rockin' Ryan. What? Professor X. Uh, uh for the listener, I'm just giving Eric Brandon and Catherine. long silences here. Eric and Catherine, the lovebirds. No, this person doesn't really have a title. They just have a long... Binny T. Binny Tiberius? No, this person actually doesn't have a title. They just, the gimmick with them is that we just say their name for a really long Maya. That's right. Hi, Maya. Thank you for your good advice the other day, if you're listening to this. She had good advice. Uh, Rockin' and Judo. Ryan and Jenny. Judith. Judith. The dude. Diddy. <laughs> DJ. Sammy G. Wicka wicka. All right, let's go back to completely normal. Jake asked for normal. We've been <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. delivering normal in spades here. Yeah. Let's be even more normal, though. I am the most normal that comes. <laughs> uh, stroke is really sent in, guys. <laughs> <It really> is. <laughs> uh, Benjamin and Danny. Hey, Benjamin and Danny. What's up? Dana. Dana. <laughs> Dana, hey. This is why we don't do normal. Eric and Catherine the Lovebirds. Did we already do Eric and Catherine the Lovebirds? Don't think so. No, I said their names, but I was wrong. Yeah, he Eric them. and Catherine the Lovebirds. Uh, Professor X and Lady X. Professor Yo. and Lady X. All right, guys. We've done donor shout outs. Brandon, do you give the BSOA to... Of Mice and Men. Well, do you? Oh. Punk? Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> okay. I mean, you har- should read it. It's harmless. What? Yeah, but is it entertaining, enlightening, interesting, worth reading? For the sake of being a classic, for the fact that it's a classic, and for the sake of acknowledging that fact. There's a rousing uh, recommendation from Brandon. Then yes. Basically, if you're a completist, it won't do you any harm, says Brandon. Jake? If you are a completist. Yeah, I give it the BSOA. It's a fine little read, and it's short. And there are lots of other, I mean, there are lots worse things that you could spend your time doing. There's murder most foul. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you could be murdering someone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Does this book improve on murder? <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I think it improves on murder as well. Especially have long, st- large, strong hands. What have you been hands. smoking today, man? What have you been smoking? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing? Uh, I'll give it a... I, you know, sure. Or no. I don't know. Do I give it the BS way? I don't. I mean, I sort of do, I guess, in the sense that it's both harmless and it's good. But if you're just asking me, will you enjoy it? My answer is no, probably not. So, no, I guess I don't give it the BSOA. But if you want to read Taking it. Take a stand. Yeah, if you want to read it, that's fine. It's good. But Let's go read Catcher in the Rye instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think of that idea. 
Now, <laughs> I want to draw attention to what just happened. Jake said catcher in the rye, and then Brandon made a fart noise. Yep. <laughs> That's what that book reminds me of. Yeah, uh, well. <laughs> of I, I, somebody's brain that just becomes a vapid fart mm-hmm. and leaks out their ears. Yeah, it captures it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Today was written and produced by the air and <laughs> gross <laughs> fire earth performed by the, the wind. I think we've been drinking. <laughs> we actually have not been drinking, folks, nor have we been doing any other substances <laughs> that we're aware of. That we're mild aware peyote. of. Just mild peyote. I don't know why this episode turned out the way it did. <laughs> Sometimes. Look, there's nothing to say. When we have something to say, the episodes are more on point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this little book. People just get ready. We have another one coming up. Yeah, we might have more to say about that one. Maybe. Actually. Yeah. That's a good book. Spoilers. It is a good book. I will give it that. Our, but it is short. Yeah, yeah, it is short. That's a good example of a book that even if you know what happens, it doesn't really matter because it's more about it's about the journey and it's the about destination. The journey. Yeah. It's about the tension. Yep. All right, until next time. Stay sane. Yeah, why not? Okay. Our, our listeners should stay sane. Bye. <laughs>